everyone, it's Marky, aka Captain DeFi from Not Centralized and co-founder of the Australian DeFi Association. This is another episode of the Getting to Know the Community series, and now with nearly 1,000 members in the Discord and over 1,400 on the Twitter, it's really a good time to get to know who's who in the zoo. And today we're going to look at an awesome duo that are doing some amazing things in the ag tech space. It's Peter Moulton and Darby LaFerla from Ascensand. So with my co-host Cam, we're going to learn more about what it is that they do, how they got started, and how they are changing the world with blockchain tech going back into ag tech. It's a really great episode. Please do like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you soon. And welcome back, everyone. We are here with the awesome uh, Darby LaFerla and Peter Moulton from Sensand with my co-host Cam Crossley. It's another episode of Getting to Know the Community. How is everyone today? Great. Yeah, not bad. How about yourselves? Uh, could, couldn't be better. Um, I mean, we can always ask for it, but you don't always get it. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hours that go into the stuff that we do, but we absolutely love it, don't we, Cam? Oh, always, always. Can't get enough of it. I feel like I've got an addiction to all of this stuff, to be honest. <laughs> it's turning into a little bit of a problem. <laughs> it's, it's a healthy addiction, though, so that's fine. But, you know, speaking of uh, addictions and the good ones, I guess, you know, we're here today because we interview the community. We're keen to learn more about the people that are in it. And I guess for you guys, uh, you know, a good way to start is to get a bit of your background, like, What's the super interest that you've got? Um, how did you guys get into Web3? Who wants to kick it off, guys? Uh, I'll, I'll start. So um, we, uh, we had founded Sensand around five years ago, and it was focused on, or it is focused on building uh, an ag tech platform to solve a whole bunch of problems in the agriculture data and the technology space. And we were working through a... Uh, that process in our early stage of working out exactly what we wanted that problem to be. And the uh, the Web3 thing was something that we were following pretty closely in the uh, ICO boom. We were pretty early in that, uh, in our journey at that stage. And we were really like fascinated by it at that time. And uh, as I'm sure you guys are probably familiar with, there was a lot of uh, shilling going around. Everyone was tokenizing everything back then, um, back before we called it shilling. And uh but we had a real interest in it, but we didn't find a neat sort of product market fit. So like I wasn't, I personally became an enthusiast, but we didn't sort of take an approach with it at the time. So we continued on our journey, but uh, I've always been fascinated by the space. And around a year ago, when we decided that we wanted to launch our new product, which would be Web3, we decided to build and add that extra product. And that's how we sort of started really diving deep into Web3 as part of our business, not just as our hobby around the, the edges, I suppose. Mm. And it's fair to say that the work that we've done in, in Web2 has really um, laid a solid foundation for us to be positioning ourselves in Web3. Um, so significant events that we recognised years ago, um, bushfire, flood, drought, mm. more recently COVID-19, um, a series of serious uh, threats to agriculture, uh, including um, varroa mite, uh, foot and mouth disease. Mm -hmm. um, we recognised that all those things were, were very serious and we wanted to tackle them by tackling the way that tech was being thought about around the world. And it's an absolute shit show because it's, it's fragmented. Tech in ag 
is highly fragmented. So we wanted to address that from a Web3, Web2 point of view, which laid the foundation for us to be working in Web3. That's yeah. fantastic. And I mean, you know, given the, the experience that you've got, many people come into this space thinking that, oh, uh, you know, how is it kind of going to work? Well, you, you don't come in with nothing. You come in with experience. You come in with the pain, the experience of trying to solve for that in a Web2 world and how can this newer technology make that even easier to solve? How can you utilize this as new technology? A lot of people don't realize that underlying all the crypto, the currencies and all that kind of stuff, it's blockchain tech that's really underneath it. So that's, that's really cool. And, you know, we're here for the journey that you guys are on and keen to see where it goes really, but that's, that's fantastic. And just, just a quick one. I mean, when is it that, when did you guys meet? How long ago was that? How long is this kind of uh, re relationship, bromance, whatever you want to call it? How long has this been in the works? Uh, so we met around uh, 11 or 12 years ago. So we both had previous companies. And uh, so I had a, um, an IT technology uh, services business. And uh, I picked Darby's company up at the time as a client. So uh, that's oh, wow. how we met. So I, I migrated Darby to the cloud. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Well, so we're we're good old uh, Office 365 era and such, right? So uh, <laughs> you know, getting rid of the old uh, small business server for those of you in that, you know, in that old uh, space. But um, yeah, so that was the, the way that we met back in the day. So we were, a, he was a client for about five, six years until we decided to find, found Sensand when uh, the particular opportunity came up. So uh, yeah, that's how it came about. Yeah, I, I ran a, a consulting company working with global engineering firms, mm -hmm. providing them business development advice about how to tackle major projects around the world. Um, and I needed a solution, uh, as Pete has mentioned, around uh, cloud computing. And I asked for referrals and his name came up. So I reached out to him. Uh, we started working together. Uh, we became friends. Um, we still are. And then we started <laughs> since then because of this, this it's fundamental. In the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we basically galvanized around this problem and, and launched Sensand. Uh, that, that, is, that is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, good bit of background there. Um, next question, Cam, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I think it's really interesting. So I suppose the dynamic between the two of you is, uh, is it still pretty similar as well? So like Darby, you're working on the, the ag tech side of things and, and really deep in that space. And then Peter, you're more on the technology side and sort of driving the, the Web3 solution. Um, and so I think how are you guys seeing that meld together? Um, and how are you seeing that fixing the problems that, that you've got on both sides uh, with Web3 specifically? Maybe just an intro to that. So um, we see ourselves as an earth tech company and, and Pete can expand on that. We see ourselves as an earth tech company. I'm uh, biased towards the market. Um, Pete's biased towards the product. And so together we're product market fit. <laughs> I've never heard that that way, but that is brilliant. Yeah, uh, that's how it is. And um, the, the team has just flourished uh, around those, those two dimensions. And the team is what gels us together. We, we spend a lot of time um, pursuing um, financial um, resources, interests in, in Sensand. I tend to focus on uh, traditional VCs and Pete tends to focus on um, crypto communities. Um, mm. We have 
evolved um, from those bases. And we see that future in Web3 um, being built on that product suite, particularly the, the link between Blockbase and Mintly um, and the way that we see the market evolving. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really fascinated by what Web3 does as a, I guess, a, a change in not just what the technology enables, but changes in business models. Um, so the thing that it's the, the way that I approach things and the way that I think about it is that, and it sort of just leans into the way that I just see the world is that you've got all of these building blocks of things that are going around and blockchain gave you a whole new set of tools that allowed you to innovate, not just like at a pure technology level, but you actually could innovate at a business model level. I'm fascinated by the fact that incentives can be just done in a completely different way under the under Web3. And that changes entire mental models and indeed business models. And that's the thing that fascinates me the most about Web3 specifically. And I spend a huge amount of time just thinking about that and absorbing all of the different nuances of these things that people do in really abstract markets in Web3 space and applying it to the way that we think about ag tech and carbon specifically with our new product that we're launching. So, um, you know, I, I will call up Darby at some random time or something and be like, I had an idea. I was listening to this podcast or something and this thing happens over in blah, blah, and I'll relay this whole story and then go, Okay, now, yeah, okay, the bit that matters here is like, this is how we would apply it to what we do after I dig myself out of some ridiculous rabbit hole that I've gone down. So, um, and that tends to be the way that I'll sort of approach things and then galvanize it around, well, here's a different approach to something. Let's apply it that way. So, um, yeah, probably gives you a bit of an insight about the way that my brain works too. So, I love it. It's very familiar because, um, as you guys know, like Cam and I work together with a few other people and amongst the group, we're kind of sharing these like at random moment kind of things because we are all just in the back of our head at least, or if not 24 seven, cause you know, it's family and stuff like that. Uh, thinking about, oh, we've seen this thing. Oh, it's streaming payments. Or how does that work in the thing I'm passionate about, which is in this case, you know, ag tech, how can you kind of utilize the transparency, the immutability, the, the efficiency, from the technology that you can gain with um, using blockchain tech. It's beautiful because, and as you see more of this, um, the one thing I was going to say, you said building blocks. Cam and I, we hear about money Legos all the time. Like how can we, uh, we plug this Lego thing into this other piece, but it's more about moving money around rather than what it really is a good purpose. And which you guys are focusing on is like, how do you incentivize, make transactions more efficient, improve the industry that you're in and i think it's beautiful that you guys are doing that here um you know with with ag tech because that's such an important part we've had food shortage crises um around the world like people haven't thought about and appreciated just how important this stuff is until it's like oh we can't get um fruit it's now five dollars for a head of lettuce like we should have invested into lettuce cam i think you know that probably would have been a better bet this year I genuinely, my local calls ran out of eggs yesterday when I went oh to go God. and buy some. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I suppose sort of building on that, Mark, so um, maybe it would be useful to give a bit of an overview of what Sensan does, because I think we've focused a lot on the Web3 side of things, but you guys are really doing a, an end-to-end -end solution with 
um, like IoT devices from the start all the way through to, to a marketplace at the end for carbon credits, right? So if you guys could give maybe just a quick overview of the, the whole business. You first or? I'll start oh, back. sorry. Yeah, David. <laughs> so you, you touched on uh, food security as a key issue for you. <clears throat> and that is very real. Uh, but even bigger than that is an existential threat to the way that this, this planet is spinning right now. So we made reference before to significant shocks to the system, you know, floods, droughts, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. It is a serious issue globally. And what Pete and I and the team have recognised is that there really is a call to action on this. And the way that we're approaching it isn't to bombard um, custodians of the land, principally being farmers around the world, with mm. more tech, because that model is broken. Agriculture as a system is broken and tech applied to ag is also broken. So we've decided alongside the team to fix that problem. And the approach that we've taken is to enable tech companies themselves to innovate within a central environment. Because right now, all those tech companies do very similar things with their special source. And what it means is, is they spend a long time and a lot of money to go and build their bits of tech that don't work together. And that helps no one. So what we've decided to wow. do is build BlockBase. And what BlockBase is, is an environment that allows those tech companies to innovate. And by doing so, they compress their timelines to get to market. They shrink their budgets in terms of taking their products in. But mm. most importantly for us, all of their tech works together. And because it works together, it means it can solve problems, real problems for those custodians of our land. And for those custodians, finally, they're able to access tech that they care about that can solve their problems. Yeah. Whether it's about water, pest and disease, nutrition, whatever it might be. So that's really the basis upon which we built Sensand as block base. But the really exciting part, which is pointing to Web3, is Mintly. And Mintly is really a response to what's happening around the world in terms of climate change, carbon markets, carbon credits, and the way that those custodians of the land can participate in those markets and monetize and be rewarded for great stewardship. So it's all about that agricultural productivity it's about agricultural profitability, but it's about environmental stewardship and social inclusion. And that is built on top of Web3. I love it because you guys are building something that has Web3 type ethos of collaboration, which, you know, if you don't collaborate, you waste services. It's like co-ops, right? Like if we go against each other, we're marketing against each other. We've got the same kind of supply chain costs as each other, as opposed to being able to leverage um, being a bigger group and hey farmers in the Philippines for example can uh, get access to uh, other financial services insurance loans etc that they couldn't if they were just to go it alone and I guess the analogy there being like with these businesses like why are you wasting fighting against each other it's like do you, you remember in like economics you'd learn like what why does McDonald's and um, Hungry Jack's kind of sit next to each other because that's where the crowd goes if you have them in separate parts of town you will get less customers each rather than working together and i mean i've got my favorite out of the two i'm not going to say which one but yeah i, I love the idea of collaboration guys that's brilliant you got to make sure you get a sponsorship from them before you plug them on here man. You know? like yeah. you sort, sort the business model out can you see, I'm trying to get sponsorships from winemakers. <laughs> you had to position the logo a little bit better in the back and like zoom in on it. Like, on that 
example that Garvey gave, like on the agriculture side, like imagine the farmers all have like, you know, they've all got Nokia's running an individual thing to, in their property, right? And that's the state that ag tech is at. Like there's individual products and applications that do all of these things and they're, um, but they're not really sort of interconnected. It's like they don't, there's no iPhone yet where you can just add the 10 apps that wants to, that you want to use as your environment, right? So an analogy that we're trying to do, that we use is that, well, ag tech needs its iPhone and everything working in it rather than having to have 10 Nokias, you want one phone with 10 apps on it, right? So, um, and that means that you get to sort of collaborate. And that works really neatly over in the Web3 space because I think that, there's too many enemies rather than frenemies, right? And I think Web3 is much better at doing that. Like even in different protocols, they'll still play nice with each other. It's still an ecosystem. Um, and that might be lacking a little bit in ag tech. I thought you actually meant that people were still running around with Nokias. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's crazy. We should help them. But no, that, that's a good might analogy. Be an analogy but no, 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 no. They're right. They really, you know, there's a bit of a misconception too that, you know, the agriculture market doesn't use tech and it's just not true they're all they've all got their phones and their ipads and they're running around in like they've got all of this stuff right but the market hasn't done a great job in our sector of making it easy for them to consume the technology right there's a lot of friction there and um you know that's one of the things that we're trying to resolve in that market specifically but the analogy to Web3 and everything sort of working with each other in that more open and collaborative environment really tracks with the way that we're trying to solve the ag tech approach as well. And one exciting thing that's um, apparent to us when we go out in the field, and I spend a lot of time um, in agricultural communities, rural, regional, remote communities, really having conversations about, you know, the issues and prospective solutions. And the thing that I'm picking up on more so is there's a shift there's a, there's, a, there's a movement in the guard because, you know, even a few years ago, um, the profile of, you know, the farmer was quite traditional and that's moving because um, new generations are deciding to um, apply themselves on the farm rather than pursue a, a career purely in banking or finance or whatever because they see the opportunity there uh, and that's making a difference in terms of being digitally native on farm. It's, it's a wonderful time to be doing this. And so Web3 really fits into that social fabric that's going on. And, and we're really trying to encourage that younger generations. So, you know, Gen Zs are, are, are really great at being able to make the difference here when they have um, the tech to work with on Web3. So it's, for us, a, a fantastic development that will only aid and abet a response to these serious issues. That that is great. That is awesome. I I mean I can't talk to being a Gen Z. I'm more of an older millennial. Cam's probably still a Gen Z. Ah I, I... Uh, no, still millennial. Thank you though. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Get fair>. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I think that I think the composability aspect of it is really really interesting. Um, actually, and and so with Mintly then specifically. Are you guys um, hoping to be able to provide my, my very uh, high level understanding of it is that it's a it's a marketplace that can provide um, multiple different uh, uh, like carbon credit assets or, or carbon offset assets with different 
properties behind it. Um, and because of uh, being able to utilize Web3 and, and you know, semi-fungible tokens, you can have uh, properties that are important to a particular sector of people or, or reflect where that credit actually comes from. Is that, is that kind of the core of Mintly? Yeah, it's um, it, it's close. Um, the the thing that is the thing that we've identified is that carbon markets globally all have their approach and their jurisdiction, and they're quite and they they're different. Like there's these little sort of self-contained markets, right? And the the thing that's the same though is data from the agriculture side, right? So while the markets are all different, data is starting to become the you know, is standard between it, you know, weather is weather, water is water, right? But the way that we calculate and measure things in each market is a bit different, right? So the, the approach that we're taking is that we're building all of these assets, um, all of these data assets, and they can be applied to the carbon market in the area that you're in, right? So Europe behaves differently to Australia, to New Zealand, to the US and so on. And they've got their own carbon credit market. So rather than trying to create our own carbon credit token per se, what we've done is we've built a exchange that allows those different carbon credit markets to operate in one exchange, but the data is universal across it. So um, it's trying to look at the things that are the same and look at the things that are different and to enable those markets rather than trying to create one size fits all carbon credit for a whole market. I, I just don't think that that works. You need the markets are too different and they operate in a reasonably, it's early, but they're kind of mature, you know, like the way that an Australian market operates is quite, you know, it is the way it's been. And those markets all operate with their own little microcosms. So we're trying to support all of those markets rather than trying to boom one thing in that does everything for all of them. That's amazing. Honestly, I think it's such like a huge space to try and tackle. Um, and yeah, I think being able to have such a flexible approach to it as well is, is so, so crucial um, and, and such a huge selling point of what you guys are doing, which is amazing. And, and even um, the, the, the regulators themselves globally are um, moving in terms of their interpretation of their jurisdictions and the yeah, of course. they can do. And they're looking for you know, these innovations to take those frictions out of those markets. Yeah, and I think that's just gonna accelerate again from my, my sort of very layman's understanding. It's like, we've set these targets for, for 2030 or 2050 or something. And I don't think anybody really knows truly how we're gonna get there, um, but it's just gonna continually change and like continually get uh, more complex or, or you know, uh, stricter with the regulations that are there. And, and it seems like you guys have got a product that can evolve alongside that as quickly as, as it moves, right? So You've got a good baseline there, guys, because as you said, um, this can be adapted into different areas because trying to force, like, this is the way, this is the way that you calculate it. Oh, well, it's not going to fit in this jurisdiction. Well, tough, right? It's not the way to do it. It's to be adaptable in this space. But, you know, this is kind of like, it's economics, it's startups, it's incentives. It's like, how do you actually build communities together? There's so, having been in startups before where it was, it was easy. Building a Web2 startup is so much easier because you can be in stealth mode for 80% of the time and then go out to like a few customers then announce the market. 
hey, I've built this thing for ETFs. I've built this thing for whatever kind of transaction, buy now, pay later. You can be, you know, um, and you kind of have to be because it is competition. At some point, there's going to be, I, I think we're far too early to be in competition with each other. So I love the fact that you are building this place for people to collaborate. And who knows, there's going to be some amazing case studies and stories as you see biz- not just customers, but businesses that figured, hey, we should work together on this thing. And then they innovate. And then you guys were there that facilitated that. That's going to be really beautiful. I mean, it's why we've built the community at OzDefi as we have, because we want to see these kind of cool stories coming out there. Um, I want to jump into you know, now that we're kind of um, talking and we're going to have more of these shows as, you know, people watching right now, do do not worry. We are going to dive deeper down the rabbit hole with all this kind of stuff because um, there's a there's more to this story for sure with Sensen. But just for now, um, you know, where do you guys see the future heading in terms of how Web3 can be utilized with the carbon markets and agriculture? Like, you know, crystal ball gazing. Luckily, this is not financial advice or anything like that. But, um, you know, people aren't going to make bets on this. And if you do, please don't, because that's not what we're about. Um, we, we want you to be safe with everything that you do. But Darby and, and Peter, like, I don't know who wants to go first, but what are your kind of thoughts about where, whether it's uh, the near term, more, you know, medium term or even longer term? How do you see Web3 playing a role in this stuff that you guys have been doing for a while? I think it's fair to say that in our situation, at least, we're, like, we're building a product and we're a company and we're implementing Web3 as part of the product and the business, but we're not a completely, like we're not going to be completely like a decentralized product, for example, right? So um, there's elements of things that blockchain does and we are using certain elements of that to solve a particular market problem, right? So um we're not decentralized, but we're absolutely transparent. So what we do is we say, well, all of the data that we have, we want to link that through to the carbon credit market so that it's much, you can, you can get much high quality uh, carbon credits. And that will kind of be applied to all of those global carbon markets. I think that carbon markets right now are really opaque. And um, there's huge numbers that go through like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. I think that they might be doing wow. a trillion dollars of carbon credit um, turnover this year or maybe at the beginning of ne- over next year, right? And oh. those numbers are staggeringly high, right? And I don't think that there's a hell of a lot of transparency in that market. Um, that's one of the things that we want to bring into that market where there's a lot clearer transparency. It's a lot easier to see. Um, that if you buy certain carbon assets, that they're higher quality carbon credits, you know, and the market is starting to price those things differently. So um, we want to take the best things about Web3 and apply it to a market that we think has got some real structural issues in it. So um, I'm sure there's going to be a bit of friction along the way and everything, but um, look, it's really, really exciting. And I'm uh, looking forward to see how it's going to play out over the next few months. It's no fun without the friction. (laughs) <laughs> like if, if it was just a smooth ride you'd be like oh we got here to the top of the mountain well what net like you know i think it's i think it's uh it's fun solving problems they're they're a pain in the ass and i've probably got less hair for it now than than before but uh probably more white hair now i should say um but yeah friction is going to be there it's going to be a dance like maybe it's like it is maybe like a relationship you're kind of like who the heck is this guy who the heck is this girl or whatever right and then eventually you find um, your harmony and stuff there. 
But uh, Darby, you know, coming from the outside, not being so much in the Web3 space, like what, what are you kind of, it's good to get your perspective too. How do you kind of sense that that would, you know, work for, for what you guys are doing? The system that we've inherited, that is in, in agriculture and, and land use management. So the custodians of the land, the, the system that the world has inherited is broken and it was designed for a society that's very different to the one we have today. And, and one of the things that in the short term that we want to um, uh, present to the world is that we want to move you know, consumers away from just being passive consumers. And when you're talking about those custodians of the land, those farmers, the, the basic assumption is, hey, um, you just consume tech. That's all you need to do. Our philosophy is different in the sense that what we're doing is we're engaging with communities simultaneously and we're enabling them to co-create because collectively they understand the deal. They know the issues together. They can conceive of solutions together and they can work together to go and implement them and move the dial. So for us, it's about enabling those kinds of relationships at a, you know, across the long tail rather than compressing it mm. and controlling it by the corporation alone. Now, there's a role for enterprises irrespective of scale here. But what I'm seeing here is a real call to action to make the difference across the entire spectrum. And that's what wow. Web3 um, can do. And that's why I'm excited basically to be working with him doing this. You should sell Web3 more. Like, you know more than you put on. Um... I know. No, seriously, I, I, I just, my base assumption is I know nothing. The reason why I'm Web3, two factors. One is I just happen to work at Sensand and I know him. That's Web3 for me. Um, but the, the, the principles are, are really um, compelling for me because I, I genuinely think that if we're going to make a difference mm. um, commercially, environmentally, socially, you know, Web3 is something that I'm really championing because it challenges this broken system that we have. I think that's really good. Um, and before we get to camp for the final question, uh, very important question, but just what you said there, an analogy or not even a story, like what really hit us in the face was when um, I presented something at a meetup event and before our meetup, uh, there was like someone else that had presented more of a finished product. Um, and that was good, very polished and everything, but it was uh, a learning thing because people really resonated. They resonated with both, but I feel like people resonated in a different way for what we were doing because we were just getting started. What ours was like an idea on the back of a napkin and we it was a call to arms for people to come join us to help build this thing. And we've taken it further since then um, for, for a certain project. But, you know, uh, it, bringing people collectively together and showing them that you can be part of building your own future rather than being force-fed, I think there are going to be those that will put their hands up for that. So I commend you guys on what you were doing. Over to Cam. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think we end every podcast uh, basically with this one question. Uh, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, Darby. Um, but uh, the product that Tencent has obviously covers an incredibly wide community. So all the way from farmers to ag tech builders to you know traders and, and enterprises that are using carbon credits at the end of the day. Um, 
So this is a very broad question, um, but everything that we do uh, here is all about is all about community, especially in in Web three. So uh, the last one we'd like to end on is uh, just tell us what does community mean to you. I think that we we say a lot that there's um, the web platform building, not product building, and what that means is, and what the difference means to us is that. If you're building a product, then you're taking the responsibility of all of the features and the, and the things that it does and the problem that it solves. Um, but in our approach, we're building a platform, which means that people can build product. So the in the ag tech side, long before the whole, you know, the Web3 paradigm shift and mental models changed and everything, we still had that approach that we wanted to get all of the ag tech companies working together to solve these problems because there's... like I. The smaller story, right? Like we've got a, a sensor from a company that just monitors water pressure in a tank, right? And then there's another device, which is a pump that puts water out. And then we've got a weather station, right? Now these would, one would run on Telstra, one would run on Sigfox, one runs on Laura, and they're from three different brands. And the idea of being able to just say, if the tank goes below 50% and there's no rain for a week, then turn that pump on. So that the tank gets full, right? And like that was sci-fi in ag tech, right? Like you needed to like cobble that together with gaffer tape and, you know, like just, you know, and then wrap, like bubble wrap around it and hope it didn't break. So, so we always wanted to bring everybody together to solve these problems. And once it, you get one plus one, it'll leak three in that space. Mm -hmm. Like it solves more of these problems. And web threads like that concept, but on roids, right? So yeah. We really believe that the way that you make things better is by collaborating, right? And um, there's another thing that we picked up recently, like talking about venture capital before, like there's certain companies that think that they compete with us and they, but they don't, they think they compete, but they actually don't. Um, but once you sort of cut through that, I think that there's so much more to be gained by bringing everybody together to solve all the problems. And that's why we always, we spruik platform, not product, because lots of different people will build these different products and they will work together to solve more of those problems than if it was just your own little microcosm and you're protecting your turf and you're looking at, you know, not wanting to work with all these other people. So Web3 has really embraced that. Um, and we philosophically had that approach before we had Web3 as a mental model mm. So it felt really natural and intrinsic to us. It didn't, it wasn't like something that was a pivot for us. We always took that approach. And, and for me, community is really about connection. And it, and it cuts at a number of levels. You know, it's connection in terms of that product set. It's a way in which those different kinds of products connect with each other within the bounds of an ecosystem or a platform. But it's, it's more so about connections between people. It's a very human-centered and tech-enabled approach that we're taking. So it's about mm. ensuring that those people connect with each other and connect in ways that allow them to participate in defining the world that we're moving towards and the world that, frankly, that we're, we're shaping and in many respects, the, the world that we're harming. So uh, for me, I can't do anything other than you know, work passionately with Pete and the rest of the team to give this a red hot crack, you know, to make the difference with people. It's, it, it's no longer um, uh, acceptable for me that 
you know, we just um, work within the bounds of this Web2 world. It, we, we really need to make this shift through a Web3 approach. The disciplines and the way that people work together and the way that the technologies work together um, is what community is, is all about. And we've got the benefit of working across multiple communities here. And we've been enriched by being able to do that. Yeah, it's an overly ambitious plan, but you know, look, we're, we've been told that we're boiling the ocean. So we're gonna, we're gonna go and have a red hot crack at boiling the ocean. So, um, you know, wow. I'm not daunted by that. We're gonna embrace the difficulty of what it is that we're trying to do. So uh, yeah. Brilliant uh, guys, thank, thank you so, so much. And you know, you have a big job ahead. We're keen to be part of that journey and share your story. And there's definitely going to be more to come out of this. But for now, from Cam and myself, Darby, Peter, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. There you have it, folks. Another awesome episode under wraps. What a cool duo. What a cool product they are launching. More to come in this space, I am sure. If you want to learn more about them, then check out the show notes. The links are in there. And also, please do come along to an Oz DeFi Association meetup in Melbourne. There are gracious hosts. They've been doing that for a couple of these and there's going to be much more to come. You're going to see a lot of them in the community. So please do come along, like, share and subscribe this video. And yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.